Our deepest desire is to know that we are worthy, worthy of loving and being loved. This podcast explores how to love, how to love fiercely, and how to be guided by the heart and trust in the most powerful energy in the universe, love. Our task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within ourselves that we have built against it. Welcome to What Would Love Do? Thanks for listening. Hello, beautiful people. I hope that wherever you are, you are having an absolutely gorgeous day and that your soul is feeling light and love and expansive. And hey, if it's one of those crazy days where you just want a break or you can't seem to catch that break um, and your heart is heavy, I just want you to know that you are not alone and that this is part of the human experience and you have everything within you to expand and move through and grow through this moment. And hey, this too shall pass. So thank you for joining me on What Would Love Do? It is episode 23 and today I'm going to talk about the disease of perfectionism. Um, In a conversation with a friend who was sharing with me uh, about some challenges that she's facing, she's like, you know, I'm just trying to be perfect, aren't I? I'm trying to be the perfect girlfriend, the perfect this and the perfect that and it's just so tiring. And it got me to think about why human beings are run by perfectionism and I believe that everything that we're doing, whatever it is that we're doing, we're we're thinking that this is the key to attaining love. This is the key to feeling loved and receiving loved and receiving love and being able to dance dance in love, you know, because at the core of it, when we think whatever we're doing, we're thinking that whatever we're doing, once the outcome is reached, we're going to finally feel some way. And so I think, and I believe, I strongly believe that at the core of perfectionism is this desire to be able to access that depth of love or that height of love that we're all longing. And so then it got me thinking, okay, well, where did it come from? And, you know, as children, and look, this is in no way um, condemning parents because I know that every parent is doing the best they can with what they had. And so this is just all inherited beliefs and unconscious behaviours, right? But as a child, your parents would have said something like, do this to make me happy. If you don't do this, you're a bad boy or you're a bad girl. And thank you for being a good girl or thank you for being a good boy. And so there's these labels that they use like good, bad, um, easy, hard, well-behaved, not well-behaved. And therefore, subconsciously, how we've interpreted that is if I'm a good girl, if I'm following the rules, if I'm doing everything that I'm meant to do, then I'll be loved. But if I am a child that is breaking the rules, constantly getting in trouble, playing up, then I am not loved. Loved is t- love is taken away, which is a crazy model, right? But let's think about this because unconditional love means 
we're tapping into a realm of love and a world of love where you're loved without condition. So you don't need to be good or bad, right or wrong, um, or I guess compliant to actually experience love. But the moment that you've collapsed, that love is conditional, that love is based on what you have to be or who you have to become, it becomes something that can never be attained because this model of you and where you are at will never be enough. And you simply cannot just be to be able to receive love. So what was interesting today was uh, my son, he was holding my mobile phone and he ran to the kitchen and then he dropped the mobile phone onto the kitchen tiles. And then I said, Avery, please do not drop drop mummy's phone. So I picked up the phone and then I put it on the dining table. And then I went about, you know, uh, cleaning up and then He's standing there going, mommy, mommy, I want the phone. I want the phone. And he started getting tears in his eyes. And I said, honey, you're not looking after mommy's phone. So I'm going to leave it on the table because I want it on the other table. I want to play with it. I said, no, this is mommy's phone. I saw you dropped it in the kitchen. So I'm going to leave it on this table where you can't reach and it's safe. And then he stands there and he starts crying, right? And he starts wailing like it was like a huge wail and Um, the tears are coming down in his eyes and so then I looked at him and I said do you feel unloved in this moment and he goes yes I feel unloved and I said okay what happened why do you feel unloved and then he said because you wouldn't give me the phone so now you can see that a child as young as two and a half how they've interpreted what we think is Uh, really innocent situation they've collapsed it with if I don't get my way or if mummy or daddy don't uh, is doing something against my will it means that they don't love me and as crazy as you think this may sound a child who is under the age of six everything that they're processing in their world right now because they're only operating from a subconscious belief is whether I'm loved or I'm unloved. They've only got that model right now. Is the world safe or unsafe? Am I loved? Am I not loved? And to an adult, because we've built the reasoning and logic part of our brain, we're like, oh my gosh, we just wanted to put the mobile phone in a safe place. But to a child, that action meant you're going, you're not doing something that I want you to do, therefore you don't love me. And so then they're going to start developing these stories or their perception of what they need to do or who they need to be to be loved. So then what happened was I, you know, so he, my son, is crying. I go down to his level. I look at him in the eye and he's, you know, he's, he's and as much as I want to laugh, which, you know, I look over to my husband, John, and it's just so cute when he cries. Like to him, this is real. Like to him, he's feeling shame. He's feeling guilt. He's feeling really unloved. So I go down to his level. I look him in the eye and I go, do you want a hug? And he goes, yes. And so he comes and sits on my lap. And so, and then I check in on him again. I go, okay, do you feel like, are you crying because you feel loved or unloved? And he goes, I feel unloved. I feel unloved. And I said, okay, so why do you feel unloved? And he goes, because you won't give me your phone. So here's an opportunity where 
we can teach our child, right? And it's so important. And it's not only teaching our child something, but we're learning something too. We're learning the art of empathy that, you know, whatever human beings feel, it is all valid. And who am I to ridicule and judge what my son is feeling just because he's a smaller person. It doesn't mean that feeling of emptiness or the feeling of separation is any less than what an adult feels. So I look at him, I hug him tight, and I, I said, honey, I love you, and I didn't want my phone to be broken. And then I repeated it again. I said, I love you, and I didn't want my phone to be broken. And I said to him, does mommy love you or not love you? And he goes, you love me. And I go, okay, so does the phone being on the table mean I love you or not love you or does it just simply mean the phone is on the table? He goes, the phone is on the table. And then I asked him, whose phone is it? Is it mommy's phone or your phone? And at first he said, it's my phone. And I looked at him, I go, okay, really? Is it your phone or mommy's phone? And he goes, it's mommy's phone. Okay. And then I said, okay, well, you know, you know how you have things and you don't, and you want people to respect them. Mommy would like you to respect my phone. And then in the moment he got up and then he started playing again. But, you know, the practice of love lives in these conversations. Um, the practice of love lives in the moments where we can get over ourselves and let go of what we think it should look like. And, you know, the gift of being a parent is that we can actively practice what it takes to love from an unconditional space and what it takes to feel seen, feel heard and feel understood because our children are our mirrors. If they are not feeling seen, heard or understood, how can we know what it takes to feel seen, heard and understood? So going back to this disease of perfectionism, right? From the ages of zero to six years old, we're programmed to be able to think what needs to happen so that I can feel loved, right? So a child is either constantly seeking praise, approval and validation um, and they're thinking, okay, well, if I'm constantly getting approval and validation, it means I'm the right path, so that means I'm lovable. And so then when they are breaking the rules or wanting to trust the intuition, um, they are probably really conflicted because if they're constantly having to take actions from a place of, I guess, adhering to another's viewpoint on what it means to be happy, They've lost that touch of and cult, and they don't know how to cultivate the muscle of intuition that lives within them because they're constantly now looking towards something external to them to guide them on who they need to be. Um, and so then and then they think that perfectionism is the access to love. And perfectionism is this, uh, I guess, uh, carrot stick that's hanging out in front that going hey if you do what I think you should do you'll get there one day one day you will feel enough one day you feel you will feel worthy and one day you will get the attainment of love that you are desperately seeking and we all know that is not true you know perfectionism is uh perfectionism is a disease I believe it is the uh, perfectionism if we're using that to guide us, it's a disease that we've just inherited, which causes a lot more suffering. 
And the reason why we turn to perfectionism is because we don't want to be able to turn inwards to say and actually admit to ourselves that everything that we need is within us and everything that we're seeking, it starts from within. It is within us. And once we start looking there, we also then have to let go that we have the ability to make anyone happy because, I mean, if you think about it, if you're striving to be this perfect person in order to get love from someone else in order to make someone else happy, then subconsciously there's a part of you that believes that you have the power and that it is your responsibility to make another happy, like to make another person happy, to make another person feel loved. Um, And so you're constantly seeking something outside of yourself to fill a void that's within, except the void that is within can only be filled by you. And that goes for every single human being. So the sooner that we can wake up to the idea that we have a say in another person's experience of life and we let that go and we can see them for their wholeness and we can see that whatever journey that they're on is their own journey and that they are capable to craft that. They are capable to be able to be responsible for their own experience of life and All that's needed is for us to be responsible for our own experience of life and to find that place within us where we feel whole, we feel loved, we feel enough, and we are worthy. You know, once upon a time, I uh, thought that it isn't possible to actually dismantle the idea that you are like that I am not enough. Like I thought the experience of I'm not enough and I'm unworthy um, and I'm separate uh, will always be there. Like it will always be something that I needed to work on and it will always be, um, it was almost like it's impossible to let go of that belief. However, in all this work that you know, this introspective work in being able to understand awareness and being able to really allow the discovery and accept that we are energy and who we are and the truth of who we are is an energy of love. And any moment in time that we create a separate thought from love, we can always return back to love. We can always tap into our wholeness. And so it's been a real awakening in being able to believe that it is possible to let go of I'm not enough and I'm unworthy. And I'm not and I'm unworthy is something that we are always trying to hide and we try to hide it behind perfectionism. And perfectionism is what drives us to be busy. Perfectionism is what drives us to be constantly not in the here and now. Perfectionism makes us fearful of what's happened in the past, puts it in our future and, you know, it's, it's, without the awareness and without the consciousness of how it's impacting our life, we could actually be missing out on the joy of what it is to live. Uh, When we're in that realm of perfectionism and when we wear perfectionism like a badge, like, oh, I'm just a perfectionist, um, it separates us. It separates us from who we are within. It separates us from another human being because we've got this 
ideal and this blueprint on how life should look like based from our point of view that was created as a six-year-old child that no one will ever understand. And so then we're carrying around this blueprint, imposing it on the people around us and going, well, if you don't live life this way, then I'm going to judge you. And all of this is unconscious, right? But the moment we judge, we create separation. And we're not only judging other people, we're judging ourselves when we can't fulfill on this blueprint that we've created in our minds. And so perfectionism is like this real disease, right? And it eats away. The disease eats away at the experience of love. The disease eats away from the capacity in being able to have us open ourselves up to choose to live from love over choosing to live from a space of fear. If anything, perfectionism has been manifested from living from a place of fear. So if you know this well, it's a good start, actually. You can bring awareness to it. You can go, wow, like, let me have a look at this. Let me, ha- let me understand and feel the impact of how perfectionism has driven me to make fear-based choices and how it's made me feel separate from myself and how it's made me not feel joy. It's made me not feel... I guess, a sense of a love of life. If anything, it's created worry. It's created guilt. It's created this sense of one day, someday, and I'm in search of something that is never ending. And when can I just take that deep breath and just be? Perfectionism is tiring. And so when you can actually make space to just feel it and understand it, in the next moment, you can make a different choice. In the next moment, you are now given the opportunity to get out of the program, to no longer be unconsciously dictated by something called perfectionism. Now, have compassion, right? If you're going, oh my gosh, I am so in that world of perfectionism and wow, I didn't understand how it's from a place of fear. Now, before you go judging yourself, right, because this is not the intention of this episode. If anything, the intention is to share the impact on perfectionism and how it how it is born from fear. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing to bring awareness to. And it's also a great thing to have the realization that when we're driven to perfection, what we're seeking is that experience of acknowledgement, that experience of I am enough, I am worthy, that experience of love. Because like, I truly believe that everything that we do or that we choose to do is either born from a place of fear or born from a place of love. And even the actions that are born from a place of fear, we're being fearful that, not, we're, that we're not enough. We're being fearful that we are unworthy. We're being fearful of losing love of not being lovable, of not being able to receive love and give love. But at the core of it all, every single human being is seeking this one thing, and that is to be loved. That's it. And this is what drives our actions. And even though actions may look unlovable, underneath that you keep digging and digging and digging and going, why are you doing that? You know, what's underneath that? What is it that you're seeking? It all comes down to this experience of love. 
you know, let's say we're fearful of something and so we're tra- constantly trying to avoid it. You know, we're like, okay, well, I'm seeking peace. I'm seeking stillness. Okay, and so what then what, what would that give you? Okay, a sense of love, a sense of like being comfortable in my own skin. Every action that we take is because there's some kind of reasoning and some kind of justification that it will eventually return us to that place of wholeness and to that place of being enough. So let me ask you, you know, is perfectionism running your life? Do you have the disease of perfectionism? And what have you created in your mind as the ideal life that you are waiting to create or have. You know, there's some kind of blueprint that we have out there going, well, until I become this person, until I am like this, until this is received, I am stopping myself from feeling joy, from feeling loved, from being enough and being unworthy. Like, let's have a look at that because it is absolutely entirely possible that you can access that realm of wholeness, that realm of being lovable and enough and worthiness right now, irrespective of what has happened in the past, irrespective of what is happening right now. It is always possible to return back to that place that is our true self and that is love. So thank you for joining me on this episode. I hope he has given you some food for thought and some, I guess, a different perspective on how to choose to live from love over choosing to live from fear. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please let me know and give me a rating on iTunes or wherever that you're listening from. Um, If there are ideas that you have uh, on what you want to explore, please get in contact with me on yumi.nguyen. That's Y-U-M-I-I.nguyen, and that's my Instagram handle. If not, uh, yeah, if you're on Anchor, drop me a message on Anchor. That's anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. So thank you for joining me today and I hope you have a wonderful day and I look forward to being in your space and energy on our next episode. Sending lots of love. Bye.